Welcome to another episode of Mending Your Life Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. And I'm Brady. As always, you know, well, not, maybe not always, but most of the time, 98% of the time, joined here by this beautiful Sasquatch. That's me. Yep, that's you. Just What's going on, man? Nothing, man. Just uh, I'm working a lot. Um, overtime is available uh, and Saturdays are available. So starting this week, I'm working six days a week for a few weeks. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, for those of you out there that are parents, you understand. I mean, it's the... It, Tis the season, actually. Um, I I actually uh, I I called my mom and my dad this week. I mean, Dan, you know, uh, I was having kind of a rough week, and just so those of you out there know, man, I'm I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks, and uh, this was one of them. And um, you know, I called my mom. I called my dad this week, which I try to every week, and talk to them. And one of the and one of the main questions I had to ask them is, does this stress and fear around the holidays ever go away with kids and it was a huge resounding no it doesn't <laughs> so yeah um it's just it's one of those things that you know you want your kids and you don't have to spend a fortune on your kids to have a great christmas i mean it's memories it is um and that was i think that was part of my problem is not the fact that i wanted to spend a fortune on my kids because i can't um it's more the memories, you know, I, I have memories of, I grew up in a big close family. I mean, we're Polish Catholic. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> we, got, we, we got a big family and, you know, I remember the holidays with the cousins and the aunts and uncles and, you know, we'd stay up and late and play Monopoly. I mean, yeah, it was before mm-hmm. all these video games and stuff, but you know, it, it was, you know, and honestly, like just about every year we'd watch Gone with the Wind together. I mean, I I don't I don't know why. Gone <laughs> with the wind, but it there's was nothing wrong. But there's nothing wrong with that movie. I mean, we no, watched it in my no. household, you know. No, it's a great. It's a cla- It's a classic. Yeah, Anybody that hasn't seen it, yes, it's gonna take some time because it's like a six-hour movie. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's I, I don't I don't know exactly how long it is, but it's a long movie. Do it in sections, um, baby steps. Do it do it in, do it in sections, but it's a great movie. It is. I mean. Look at it from the time that it was made, though. Please don't look at it from current times. It's a great classic movie, great acting. Um, but, you know, we would watch Gone with the Wind or, you know, it, or we would get together. My grandmother, oh, Mago was an amazing cook. Um, and so that was kind of my hang up this week was, you know, I don't really have any family in Washington. Um, closest family I have is my dad in Idaho. And my dad's 70 years old. He's not going to drive uh, over three different mountain passes just to, just to come over here for Christmas, which I wish he would, but I understand why he won't. And, you know, then my mom's in Alaska and she's got, I mean, my whole, all the family that I have is up in Alaska. So, I mean, it's understandable that she's going to be up there. Um, and it's just, you know, I wish my, my kids could have those memories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah so, so it was a rough week for me a little bit. And I think, I, and I asked my mom, you know, or I told my mom, you know, I don't know whether it's easier or harder knowing that technically I do have family here. They just don't seem to give a damn. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's hard because 
I, I do, like I said, I don't know if it's harder or easier knowing that I have family around that really just doesn't want to give me the time of day, which I know they all have their own lives, but this is the holidays, this is the time for family, and I don't hear from them. Right. And, and on the opposite side, I don't reach out to them anymore either. I mean, it's 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 a two-way street, absolutely, but it's it's hard. It is. Yeah. So the, the holidays, the holidays are going to be difficult. Um, I'm trying to, I'm also trying to, those of you that, uh, yes, last week, my mom, last weekend, my mom was in town and, you know, so I took the weekend off and, but I also had something else going on and that was a first time home buyers class. Hell yeah. That, that I took. So I'm also kind of, kind of trying to, trying to concentrate on that, which means I'm, I'm going to be working as much as I possibly can, which is something that I promised I wouldn't do. So there's a little stress there too. Uh, but you got to do what you got to do in order, in order to, get, you know, move your family forward. And and we need to get out of this place. And I really need, uh, we need a place of our own. Yeah. But well, other than that, I, I mean, I put in, I put in what, 14 hours of overtime this week. And next week it's looking like at least sixteen. So there you go. I mean, it's it's extra money, right? Any extra money is oh, good yeah. money. Extra money exactly. is always good money, right? That's uh, generally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how it works, right? Uh, how about you? How was your week, man? What did, um, what did you? Uh, week week what did you was okay. Uh, week was okay. We had uh, I kicked my table again. That seems to be a everyday thing now when we do these podcasts. Um. Uh, week was good. We had baby doctor on Tuesday. Everything's great. Um, baby's good. She's kicking a lot, which pisses my wife off because she's having to go to the bathroom every like 15 minutes <laughs> and, uh, she, the, her hips are starting to, um, get like real sore. So she's kind of starting to getting into that, that time frame now where everything hurts and, uh, you know, so and we're, we're going through that and she's, you know, she's handling it like a champ, like she always does. Um, but, uh, work, I mean, we're like stuff like work was okay. Um, Friday, Friday was fun. Uh, we, in our, for those of you who are new, um, I live out on the East coast, Brady's on the West coast. Um, I live, uh, in Virginia and, um, we had a quote unquote historic amount of rainfall and flooding, which, uh, I don't, I don't know if it really was historic, but streets were flooded, uh, everywhere. Um, right up the, right up the road from where I work, uh, we have a river that goes through and it came up and flooded out the neighborhood and people were, uh, were, uh, getting in like tubware or not tubware, but you know, the big plastic containers, they were, they were boating their way down the street just for shits and giggles. And, um, it's always interesting time at work because we flood sometimes. We have a creek. I don't know who decided to build the the, the facility right next to a creek, but we have a creek that has three county runoffs that go into it right behind us. So that luckily the creek didn't flood, but we got a we got a lot of we got a lot of rain. So that was fun to deal with on Friday. And by the time I got home, um, we had to go and uh, do some stuff when I got home. And then we had dinner and we got home and just just freaking crashed. But I did make some time to come on and join you all on Friday night because I'm not going to miss that, which is always a delight. And uh, but, you know, everything's good. good Of course we did. We always do. And I went to my parents yesterday. um, So that was fun. How are the parents doing? Good. My dad cooked up some steaks. Um, He can't see worth a damn at nighttime. So he um, 
overcooked a little bit, but they were, it was good. Like it was still good. So, I mean, um, no, no complaints. And my mom and, and my wife are, uh, going back and forth, like planning the baby shower and things like that. And actually in a couple of weeks, um, let's see here next weekend, next Saturday, no, the sixth. Yeah. Next Saturday we have maternity photos that we're going to do. And then the following weekend, that Saturday, we are going up to uh, Pennsylvania to go visit my aunt who we haven't, I haven't seen in years, but she's never met Taylor. So we're going up there. She's, she's, uh, she's much older. So we're, uh, we're going up there. That's actually Brian's grandma and uh, we're going up there right. so she can meet yeah, so she can meet Taylor and, you know, quote unquote, meet the baby and everything. So yeah, it's going to be a busy couple weeks. And then I don't, I don't know if there's a, like, I don't even know if we have a break between now and, in the holidays so we'll see what happens i mean it's you going might, to be busy you might have a week there in between thanksgiving and christmas maybe. try to try maybe. to try to take some, some maybe something you guys all right maybe. this is yeah um but it's good oh, man. I, I should tell everybody you know uh so my mom my hometown up in up in alaska the place that i grew up uh it's about 2500 people um and we we used to have a bowling alley as as those of you that that listen to the podcast know that was my family that owned it i grew up in it uh, and then we also used to have a movie theater which uh one screen uh it was it was it's not yeah it wasn't a cineplex or anything like that it was locally owned it was really cool it really was it was um and um that's been closed for i don't know about 10 years now so there's really and the bowling alley's been closed for 22 years now Oh wow! So, um, so it was. Uh, there's not really much to do in my hometown, but my mom loves to go see movies. And uh, shout out to my mom. She wanted to go see a movie while she was here. She likes to. She likes to go to theaters when she's traveling, because she does just doesn't get to anymore. And uh, so we went and we saw Dune. And uh, let me tell you something. It was uh, now. This is coming from somebody that hasn't seen the original series, uh, that hasn't seen the original movie. And I never read the book, which is kind of kind of weird for me because I love to read. Um, but let me tell you something. It was good. It was a really good movie. I mean, of course, it's part one because Dune is a long story. But um, but yeah, it was. Uh... What? Sorry. <laughs> I'm what sorry. So so everybody, my I, I'm 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 doing this with my daughter in the house, um, and I just saw her. I just saw a cat run across the door into their room, and her just running, just trucking <laughs> after the cat. <laughs> About to do some so. sketchy shit, dude. Off to do some sketchy shit. Hey, dude. Oh, hey. Oh yeah. But hey, uh, highly rec- highly recommended. It was a great movie. Um, and it was a great time. Thanks everybody for bearing with me and, and, and bearing, and thank you, Dan, for, you know, getting Chris on. That's always, it's always a great, great episode whenever we get Chris on. So yeah. Chris, thank you very much for, for taking, for, for taking over for me for the weekend so I can spend some time with my mom. We're doing it right this time. We're doing the shout outs early and not at the end of the episode, which we need to stop doing because that's just, you know, listen, look, we're not professionals. Okay. I finally got a working laptop for the first time in years. So like, you know, things are moving up. We're, we're working on things. All right. Y'all just got to give us, give us a little break. You know, that's all, that's all we're asking for. But yes, no, thank you, Chris. Um, 
as always, you know, every time you come on, you do a fantastic job. And, you know, like we always say, Brady's always got, he's always got some S going on. Like, you know, he's, he's a dad, he works hard and, you know, he's always got, he's always doing something. So, you know, no one's going to hold it against you when you have shit going on. It's part of life. That's, you know, it's why we do this whole thing. You know, this is what, that's what we do. I mean, and that's kind of, I mean, and we're not doing this for show. Right. You know, this isn't, I'm not, I'm, I don't have my daughter here today because, you know, I need to let everybody know in my podcast that, you know, I'm still a normal person and no, this is normal. This is, this is what happens. <laughs> Those of you that don't yeah. have kids, enjoy your time. <laughs> so, I mean, this is going to be me in a handful of months. So oh, it's going to be with a child and running to the garage with the dog to take shelter for an hour and a half out of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and good luck with that because you uh-huh. might find- I kill you. Um, yeah. but, uh-huh. <laughs> but no, honestly, it's a great and and it's a good thing. I'm by no means am I complaining about it because I love having my daughter around, especially you know this week, putting in those you know those fourteen hours of overtime. That shrunk my time with my family. I mean, yesterday I went in for a full eight, full eight hour shift. We don't we don't work on weekends. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, everybody, it's Happy Halloween. You know, we're, we're oh, yeah. this, this recording is being recorded on Halloween, Halloween. Uh, which is which is why I have my mask. No, I don't. This is my normal face. Um, but they can't see that. I can see it sadly, but I, no, I'm just kidding. I, I know, I know. This, but see, uh, that would only this would only be fitting that uh, you know all of this is going on at the same time as while we're recording, and it also kind of fits in because uh, we're going to talk about. Um, you know what halloween surrounds is which is just terrifying fear and horrific no i'm just kidding but no we're going to be talking about fear yeah and and you know that that was that was a terrible segue um but that... <laughs> i've had better I've had you've better. had better you definitely have better. i've had better uh, but no and and actually you know we we actually made the decision to uh well I said, hey, I want to do fear next time. And, and Dan said, okay. Um, <laughs> sure, I don't care. Like, let's let's do it. Let's go. And I got beers ready to go. So, I mean, that's what I'm going to need so, to get through it. And, uh, you know, I, I know Dan brought up Halloween and, and fear, but that, that's not quite the fears that we're talking about. But let's start a little lighter. You know, um, I, I did post a video on, on the Tiki Talk. Um, and... You know, it got 1,100 views, which I'm extremely ecstatic for. Um, and but and thank you, anybody out there that, that viewed the video and, and all that stuff. I appreciate it. But, you know, the, the fears of Halloween, you know, um, me, I'm terrified of spiders. Can't stand them. I, I mm, no. Really? Oh, I hate them. And I've gotten better over the years. Um but I have been known to have entire conversations with a spider sitting outside my door saying, you keep, you keep your hairy little legs out here. We're good. Yep. <laughs> you t- you st- stick one of them inside the house. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> See, mine, mine is snakes. I can't do snakes, which is weird. Snake- like, I don't know. They just look, they can move and they don't have legs. Oh, I agreed. It's weird. Absolutely it's weird. Agreed. I, I'm not a big fan of snakes. They don't necessarily scare me, but um, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I spent six and a half years in Texas. Never saw a snake, thank God. Um, saw a tarantula. That that wasn't good. Hey. Um, <laughs> Eight legged freaks. Eight legged freaks. But um, so, and those fears would that would you say that's your your biggest like physical fear, like is snakes? Oh, heights. One hundred percent heights. Oh, heights. Heights. I can't really? do heights. It's well. 
it's more the fear of falling, not necessarily the height itself. So if I can get over the fact that I'm not going to fall and die, then I will be okay. But I mean, Which we're talking like, okay flying. yeah, well, this is, I mean, flying is fine. Like I don't care about flying because I'm not hanging outside of the plane, hanging onto a, a wing, you know, but like we're talking, I'm talking like, you know, like 20, 30 feet up. Like if I climbed up on top of my roof right now, my legs might be shaking a little bit, but that's about it. Um, and yeah, I would have to say that my, my biggest physical fear would definitely um, be spiders. I mean, I don't I, I mean, and this isn't me trying to, you know, be all big nuts Brady or anything like that. But, you know, I don't, I don't have think a lot anybody of has ever called you that a day in your life. <laughs> um, me. Um, um, uh, no, I you know, spiders are probably my biggest fear as far as physical. Um, I don't have a lot of physical fears. Uh, heights, I have no issues with. Um, clowns that I just meh. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it would be easier for me to knock out a clown than it, it would be a normal person, but that's True. just because they're they're annoying, yeah. Um, <laughs> Snakes yeah. don't re- don't really bother me. Sharks don't bother me. I love the water. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of physical fears. But, you know, in this video, for those of you that uh, aren't on TikTok or, or haven't looked at it, which is probably most of you, you know, I, I talk about the fears that we as men go through um, that aren't physical. The, the ones that, you know, that honestly, I believe are, are stronger. And, you know, like me, like I said, you know, I'm working a lot of overtime to to hopefully better my family situation. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, not, not to get just, well, no, let's get into it. Um, my biggest fear is letting the people I love down. You know, I've, I've been there. I've, I've seen, I've seen the look in, in my dad's face. Um, you know, like I brought up before when he came and visited me on suicide watch and it, it wasn't, it wasn't shame or anger or anything like that. It was fear. And, you know, and I know I, I knew I'd let him down. Um, you know, when I was when I was a meth addict, um, you know, I'm 290 pounds right now, which I, I, I mean, I'm a big dude, but I was 208 pounds at my lowest when I was a meth addict. And I know people could see that. And, you know, looking back, I can remember people looking at me like, what is what are you doing? I one of my dearest friends, the 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 woman that, that actually presided over our wedding, she, she didn't talk to me for years because she saw me like that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I think that's, that, that's a pretty generic fear. You know, you don't want to let down the people that you love, but I am terrified of not just, not just the fact that, you know, not just the letting down of the people that I love. It's those demons that I faced down in my younger years coming back to haunt me now i'm never going to be a meth addict again. i mean I, i'm i you know i don't i don't even smoke weed anymore and uh i, I did that for a very long time um i'm never going to be homeless again not by choice um not not by decisions that i've made but you know when you experience those things you you go through those those trials and and for the record, everybody out there, I did this to myself. These trials and, the, and these these things that I've gone through, I, they were my they were choices I made, and they they were situations that I put myself in. I don't blame anybody for it. And but you know when you go through that, you know 
and then you have a family later on in life and you see this beautiful little girl and my beautiful little boy and my amazing wife you realize that if that were to happen now the hell that would ensue Mm -hmm. the just absolute i mean just the absolute destroying of your entire life and you know there's there is that that bit of fear involved with that and you know those demons those the 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 demons people say you know it's a constant battle and it is but those demons they're they're always looking for a way to get back at you yeah yeah you know we um sorry go ahead finish and and i mean and that's basically you know that's my biggest that's my biggest fear as a man is, you know, to, to let down the people that I love, because I mean, that's my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to take care of my family. My job is to make sure they have the best life I could possibly give them. That includes my time. Yeah. Uh, You, you know, man, uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes when we do this, it's hard to respond because you, you get caught up in, listening you know as a friend like we're not if you and i were just two people that if we were just like two people that hosted a podcast together right like this wouldn't have a heavy effect but knowing that you know you and i are friends and you know we talk about this stuff when when you hear your friend uh, speak about those things it hits differently and and sometimes you know it's hard to respond back to that because you're absorbing all of that as a friend and let me be honest with you when you have a, a true friend that will sit there and listen to you talk about these things it's almost impossible to respond because you can't come up with the cliche oh everything's gonna be okay and you know you're doing great you're strong you know yeah you know, you're gonna say those things but it's not it's not the same you know i mean there's no words sometimes when it comes out and a lot of it is just a reaction and when you were talking about uh, you saw it in your dad's eyes about how you let him down and you know how you thought he he felt like disappointed or whatever you know we um discussed on a way earlier episode about how uh, i said something about how uh, the devil doesn't tell a lie and what it you know it made me come back to that where you know, the, the devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, it's a lie, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. So when we sit there and we say, you know, I felt like I let them down, you, unless they tell you that you let them down, we didn't let anybody down. It's just our, it's our mental telling us that we let them down because we're at a low point. And when we're at the low point, that's when evil and the demons and the devil, that's when they grab you. That's when they hold you down because, you know, they want to lock you in those chains so you can't progress. But, you know, it's hard to say. It's easy to say now because we're not facing that right now or, you know, I'm not because I'm not in your shoes. But when you put on, you know, you're on the other side of that. It's the idea of that we let somebody down is a human reaction when we feel like we failed ourselves because we feel like we failed everybody else. And to me sometimes, and I get the same way you do. I sometimes I feel like I let, you know, I let my wife down, you know, just because I wish I could make more money and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes my, um, my mental health will kind of like block me from being, you know, like being here sometimes. And she knows that. And she does, you know, she, she battles with me, you know, and, um, 
the thing is, is that, you know, we, we don't really let anybody down unless they tell us we let them down. But the truth is that when people actually care about us and love us, I, I don't think you can actually let anybody down. I don't know if you can actually disappoint them. Yeah, it's just well, the yeah, feel, it's a feeling that we have because we let ourselves down. We disappointed ourselves and, because we went down that road. And that's a true statement. I mean, really. Um, you know, it's because I actually, you and I talked about this this week. And mm-hmm. um, let me just say, you know, you and I have become very, very close in, in a reasonably short amount of time. And mm-hmm. I mean, God, you, you, you and your wife flew out here to be with us at our wedding. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's when we talked about it this week, you know, that Dan, thank you. I mean, it's been, it's been a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on top of everything else, it's, you know, you don't, yeah, I can talk to my mom. I can talk to my dad. Um, and at 40 years old, I can pretty much talk to him about anything, but you know, it's hard to, talk to my mom or my dad, because honestly, you know, there, as a parent, you, you, you just want to fix it. You want, yeah. you want your kid to feel better. Yeah. And you and, know, it's hard, you know, it's hard to talk to the ones that you love because again, you don't want to feel like you let them down or disappoint them. It's hard to look them in the eyes and say, I try to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can, you can go tell a random stranger that because they're not going to hold any, sure. they don't, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to hold a dime to a basket. Right. It's going to be, you, but you tell your your loved ones, you tell your friends, you tell your family. It's hard to tell the people that you actually care about or you love about, and you know that they love you because you're afraid of them being disappointed. You're afraid of them letting you know being let down. You're afraid. Sometimes you may be just afraid of the way they're going to react. And honestly, you know, with me, um, as far as like my end goes, you know, I've brought up some of the some of the traumas that I've gone through in, in my early years and in my as a child. You know, I was bullied mercilessly. I was, um, you know, I was compared to my sisters within the family, um, which there was no comparison. They were straight A students. I was lucky to pull C's, um, but you know, it's on top of uh, on top of everything else. You know, that's. I forgot, completely forgot where I was going with that. Um, there's so much going through my head because this is a very, uh, I mean, the whole thing, Dan, this is a very important subject for me because honestly, like I lived in fear for a very, very long time. You know, I, I you know, th- there was the fear of, of losing and, you know, being somebody that has been through a marriage, through a divorce. Uh, I was with my ex-wife for nine and a half years. Um, we were only married for three, but we were together for, for eight, eight and a half years, something like that. Um, obviously I've moved on from that and, and I, and I thank God every day that that didn't work out because my, my wife now is, is just the most amazing person I've ever known. And, um, but as somebody that has looked back and has experienced you know, the failure that I have, I'm not, I'm not going to compare the amount of failure that I've had to anybody. I don't like comparing that kind of thing, but to be a person that can look back and say, I failed because I got kicked out of the military. I failed because I was a drug addict. I failed because I was homeless. I failed my, my, my first, like my first real relationship that turned into a marriage which you know and and we could go back and forth on who failed who um with a lot of these things 
when you experience such an immense amount of serious, important failure in your life. Psychological failure? Yes, psychological yeah. failure. Um, I feel like I've, I, I've failed so many times in my life. And then, like I've said before, you know, I, my previous relationship that I was in for two and a half years before I, I met my, my now wife, you know, it was a very abusive relationship. And I've mentioned it before that, mm -hmm. you know, um, I feel like because of all the failures in my life, maybe I deserved it. That's, that's all I deserved because I wasn't, I wasn't a good person or I didn't deserve it because I failed so many times that, you know, that, and for those of you out there, I'm wrong. Mm. I mean, it's, it is, it's, it, that, that is not by any stretch of the imagination, what anybody should ever believe that, you know, you deserve to be in any kind of abusive relationship or anything like that. That is, that's, I mean, please, if you, if you ever recognize the signs, please seek help. Mm. Mm. Um, but, you know, where I was going with this is, Dan, you and I have become very close very quickly. And, you know, you know a lot about me. I mean, we talk quite a bit. Um, I can honestly say that you and the guys every Friday and stuff like that, I have less of a mentality of, you know, how much I failed in the past affecting my present. I do. I mean, you guys have been some of the most supportive friends I've ever had in my life. And I can't thank you all enough. I mean, you and I talk during the week and stuff like that. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, you, I broke down a little bit this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and listen, that's why, listen, that's why, you know, we go back, you retrace that and you go back to that, that conversation and you were feeding me the same um bullshit as it is what it is or you know i gotta do what i gotta do it's that's it's it's not like nah we're not accepting that type of shit because like there is times where it's you know i gotta do what i gotta do but i i know you well enough to know that when you say it is what it is or I, it, such is life i already know that's complete fucking bullshit and i already know that, that you're in your head already so sometimes some of the shit that i say to you it's not out of, you know, it's not me being an ass. Maybe, maybe it is, but it's not really me doing it in a, in a disrespective way. It's me just trying to get you to get out of your damn head, you know? And sometimes, listen, sometimes the bet, what the best way to, to bounce back from something is getting your ass beat. Right. Cause then yeah. you, you start, you start realizing, and look, man, I told you earlier in the week, listen, we're, we're, we're all like broken. We're all damaged. And I told you, man, we're held together by zip ties, duct tape and whiskey. All right. And there ain't nothing, <laughs> but there ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. Because no. we might, you might feel broken. You might feel damaged, but we're not, we're not totaled. Like we're not, we're not totaled. You know, when your car breaks down, you go and fix it and it's not easy and it's going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take hard work, but that's the same way with us. You know, we have to take the time to put the work back into ourselves and it's not going to be easy and it's going to be hard, but the benefits at the end are going to be freaking phenomenal. Yeah, no. And, and agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, you know, Dan, it's, it, it, it really hits, it, it hits me this time. You're just like, it does a lot of other people out there. And, and I'm telling you, you know, anybody out there that is, that is going through it this time of year and a lot of people do, but I need anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, not to, not to put you on the spot, Dan, but 
find yourself a Dan. Honestly, yeah, I mean, find you a me. Find yourself a Dan because I'm telling you, this, this guy helped me through some shit this week because I was camped out in my head. And please, you know, it's one of the hardest things on the planet, but you got to recognize when you're in your head. I didn't at the beginning of our conversation in the middle of the week. I didn't realize it. Yeah. But you can see that from the other side of that, you know, it's all, you know, when you step into somebody else's shoes, cause like we said, we, we're not, we're not blowing smoke up y'all's ass. Like we, we are telling, or we are talking to you about things that have been uh, traumatic in our lives and things that we've experienced, which helps us relate to one another when we battle with mental health, because somebody who has maybe been in a, uh, you know, who's been in an abusive relationship or deals with, you know, chronic depression or deals with like chronic anxiety and things like that. Somebody who deals with those things and somebody who also deals with depression and anxiety and who has been in an abusive relationship, they can recognize these things. You can see that in somebody else. Like you can vision it's almost like Superman with the X-ray vision, right? You can see the scars, you can see the, you know, the tattered and the bruised and the beaten. Like you can see those things out of somebody else. And that's why we always um kind of push that that slogan now where it's you know iron sharpens iron but man sharpens man because that's how we that's how we get better that's how we build up that's how we you know end the stigma of what's surrounding mental health men's mental health and you know it's just that's why we do this yeah and you know then and for those of you out there you know that's that is why we do this you know this men's mental health stigma and and let me tell you something like like i said in the video tiktok got me um, and you know, I have to say, and like I said, it's, it's probably because that's a lot of the videos that I watch to the end is the men's mental mm-hmm. health videos and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they feed them to me, which, mm-hmm. you know, their algorithm is effective, yep. but, <clears throat> but I do have to say that, you know, um, I see a lot of people out there recognizing the stigma and recognizing the, the and men and women both it's not Mm -hmm. just the men out there that are trying to erase the stigma of men's mental health that is that seems to be more common than anything any of the suck it up cupcake videos than i've i've seen a few oh yeah but um and for those of you that think suck it up cupcake you're a man deal with it um move on (laughs) but um but no it's I am so happy to see that, but it also hurts. Oh yeah. It's, it's just pain, man. Just watching somebody else go through that. Oh man. And, and it's raw. Mm. I mean, it's for, for those of you on TikTok, look it up. Men's mental health. I mean, look up the hashtag men's mental health. See how many videos. I want to know how many videos it takes you to shed a tear because you know, it's, it's, it's almost heartbreaking when, when you see that kind of thing, it is heartbreaking when you see that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we're, we're, this seems like a pretty good place to take a break. Yeah. Um, you seem you know, like you kind of uh, need it this week. <laughs> I do. Uh, it's your bit. turn. That was your turn. Uh, no, no, it's your turn next. Uh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and this is the no. only part one and only part of this entire episode. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But no, go on, Brady, it, say, say it out. Uh, say, say it out. Yeah. Break it out. Well, uh, this is, uh, Men in Your Life on Apologetically Human. We'll be right back uh, with part two of, uh, you know, this episode. I think you just said it. Zip ties, duct tape, and whiskey. (laughs) Zip ties, duct tape, and whiskey. Yeah, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Mending Your Life Unapologetically Human. Dan and my man Brady. We're, uh, we just had to take a little fiber. That's all. You know, nothing crazy. You good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. You know, it was uh, the, the the first half of this the this recording was, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was a little rough for me. But, um, you know, today we are uh, talking about fears, uh, the fears that, that you know, that affect us, you know, uh, on, a, on a deeper level. Um, and I, I talked a little bit about, you know, what my biggest fear was. Um, and Dan. Dan. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Um, I, I hope you're not having any any recording issues because um, well, <clears throat> you're up, big guy. I can't uh, I can't use that as an excuse anymore because I have ditched the Chromebook, so <laughs> I can't, that's not an excuse. But uh, there is a reason why we also took a break was so I could just go ahead and grab another beer and get ready for this segment. So Dan, you know. Um, and and yeah, my fear is is probably pretty common. I mean, I would assume it is. But oh yeah. Um, but what is it? What I mean, what what is it that that really gets it gets you inside your head? What's your what's what are you afraid of? Well, let's let me preference by saying that you, your fears of uh, letting like letting your family down or something, you know, things like that. If you if you have a family, if you're married and you have a family. And you don't have those fears. I'm not going to say you're not doing it right. But I'm going to say that maybe you might have to uh, recategorize your priorities. Because I think anybody who um, has a family, has a wife, uh, a husband, whatever, you know, if you have a significant other and, and all that. If you're not if you're not terrified every day of letting your family and kids down, uh, might that might not be might not be the life for you because I think it's a normal general reaction for most people to be terrified to let their family down. And I'm not I'm not trying to like bash on anybody. I'm just saying as a husband and soon to be father, it's I mean shit, I was terrified the minute I found out I was pregnant because I needed to make sure that or my wife was pregnant, me pregnant, my wife was pregnant was because I needed to make sure I was doing everything right. You know, and the, I think the worst part about it is we overthink doing everything right and then we start doing everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We, over, we um, overthink so much that we just miss everything else. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, when when Sarah told me that she was pregnant. Um, she, uh, you know, I was excited for about five seconds and then, and then the fear, kicked yep. in, you know, and, you know uh, I mean, I just, you know, I would, I would like to use, I would like to use, you know, fear of letting people down as, as my excuse, because then it was just make this short and sweet and we'd be able to just continue talking. Or I'd like to be able to say that I'm just terrified of being a dad, but I think anybody who is a parent is, ter- is terrified of being a parent, no matter if their kid is two years old or 32 years old. Um, you're going to be terrified for your kids. But, you know, when I went when I went through some some of my darker times um, and a lot of it was during high school and some of it uh, some of it may have been brought on by myself. And um, I mean, I say may, but it, it was, you know, just having a bad attitude and always wanted to, you know, stir the pot and start shit with people all the time. And when you're younger, you kind of, sometimes you just do it to yourself. But as you get older, you, 
you realize that those things that you were doing, even though you were acting out or you were doing it to yourself, there was a reason why you were being that way. You know, I don't, I don't really think, I, I kind of don't subscribe to the fact that, that people are just dicks to be a dick. I think there's a reason why somebody's being an a-hole. You know, there's something going on. You know, it, you look at um, like domestic abuse in relationships when it happens, say, as an example, you know, a man beats wife. If you go back and look at that man's track record, it's probably a good bet that either he was beat on or his mom was beat on, you know, and it's it's one of those. It's just trauma. Right. And for me, when I was sitting at my darkest time, um, I I feared the most thing that I feared the most was was dealing with grief. I've never been good at accepting loss. Uh, I've never been good at accepting that. Um, I've never been good at accepting pain. I've never been good at accepting any of that stuff, right? Because in my belief is, uh, if I don't if I don't accept it, then it never happened, and that it's a terrible mindset to have because you will compound all of your problems for 32 years well maybe not 32 but you know the you will compound all those problems and they will pack down and you will react to things irrationally you will cause self-harm in one way or another you will cause harm to those that you love and care about and you know before i met my wife um it, it, it's funny because it's hard sometimes now to think about some of the stuff in the past um, as in who I was as a person because I was able to move past a lot of that stuff when I met my wife. And, you know, fun fact, take note, if that happens to you, that's usually the one that you're probably going to end up being with if they can get you to do that. If they can get you to move past your stuff, that's probably the one. And it's probably a good idea to lock that down. Um, I dealt with. I dealt with struggles of um, accepting the fact that my brother was gone and that's been a big topic on this for me, but uh, it's something that I still deal with now. Um, it's something that I could wake up in the morning and drive down the highway and something random could happen and trigger something in my memory and in my mind. And it'll always go back to him because for me, it's, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of questions that were never answered. There's a lot of questions that won't ever be answered. Um, a lot of conversations that I'm never going to have. And for me, it's, it's something that I've buried for a long time. And, and I did the same thing when, uh, when we dealt with two early term, um, miscarriages, I didn't talk about it much. I kind of just buried it out and, and didn't want to deal with it. And the reason why I don't like to deal with grief, like I said, is because if I don't acknowledge it, it doesn't happen, which is an absolute lie because it happened whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Um, it, it It's one of those things where it's hard to become vulnerable with yourself. And not just with yourself, but it's, it becomes hard to become vulnerable with somebody else, whether it's your wife or your friends or your parents or whatever it is. You know, my my family, unless somebody tells them from listening to this podcast, they have no idea that I attempted to kill myself. 
Um, and that was a handful of months after my brother killed himself. And the only reason why I didn't do it was because well, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, you know, good luck too. But, um, it, it was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to just, dis- I didn't want to put that on them. I didn't want to put another lost sibling or I mean another lost uh, child on their plate. And I think it's, it's something that, um, I don't think I've ever actually, I don't think it's actually everything I've ever said out loud before until now. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to put that on them and I didn't want to put that on anybody else. Um, when, uh, when I lost my brother, we, uh, we, my family did a, a pretty good job of trying to keep me shielded from things, um, which is for me an issue in itself, but I, I, I get it with, you know, a parent, you want to protect your kid. And I get that. Um, what I didn't understand was why I didn't understand why my brother wanted to keep me from that stuff. Cause when you look at it, your family and you should be able to talk to your family. And if you can't talk to your family about it, sometimes who the hell can you talk to? And I go, that's not, it's, it's it's not like that for everybody you know some people don't have family they can talk to which sucks and which is why sometimes those people are in a a really dark spot and and it's terrible um but for me it was you know i i told this story once before um we went uh, we went out to go meet my parents for dinner one night it was my mom's birthday um her go-to is always Outback. We went to Outback and the, uh, the person that he was dating at the time, um, I'm going to leave her name out of it, but she's still very involved in our family. Like that was, that was the woman that my brother was supposed to be with for like the rest of his life. Right. And she did everything for him. Um, and in fact, she probably kept him alive for a handful of years longer than he probably, uh, ended up would have been staying alive for if she wasn't around. Um, uh, we went to dinner and at the time this was, my brother was kind of, I would say, uh, what I'd probably close to like one of the lowest points of, of his, with his depression. And, um, he had a, uh, a knee problem and injured it, uh, like playing baseball and stuff. Um, he and his, uh, girlfriend at the time got into an argument and she decided to drop him off and go home. Um, there's no, I'm not putting any blame on anybody here. Cause I, you know, if any, not a lot of people, you know, like nobody has gotten a chance to ever meet my brother. He can be, um, he can be kind of like me, be very, uh, opinionated and kind of just say what's on your mind and deal with the, uh, better, you know, deal with the after effects afterwards. And I'm sure they got into it about, you know, something about him help going to get help and he refused to get help for a long time for himself mentally physically things like that um so she dropped him off had and he came and had dinner with us and she left um we had a good dinner actually considering you know it it was just kind of like old times but when we got back to the house you know we took him back to my parents house and my dad asked me to drive him home and i was like you know cool like that's fine. It's also probably the first time I've ever had to drive my older brother anywhere to begin with. 
Um, and fun fact, he absolutely hated when I would ride with him because something would always happen to his car. As in, uh, one time I definitely threw up in the front seat of his like brand new Jeep after getting McDonald's. <laughs> and that was not a fun time for me because he beat the living shit out of me after that and swore that I would never ride with him again. But fun. the funny part about that is though, is that now he's riding with me and you know, I was kind of like joking with him about it, but that car ride was the first and only heart to heart conversation that we ever had. Um, I, uh, I, and I kind of just flat out, I kind of just flat out asked him one day, or I kind of flat out asked him on the way driving him back to his house that, uh, you know, why, uh, why are you such an asshole to her? And, you know, he kind of looked at me and he was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it on purpose. He said, it's just, I don't think I can love anybody as much as somebody loves me. And that shit fucking stung because you, you sit there and you hear that, you know, from somebody that you care about, somebody that you love, you know, your brother to hear those words that I don't think I could, I could love anybody as much as somebody loves me. It, it just, it blew my mind to think that he thought that low of himself. And I grew up my whole life wanting to wanting to be him. You know, I mimicked everything he did in baseball. I mimicked everything he did in sports. I tried to mimic everything he did growing up. You know, I, he was that was my idol. I wanted to be him. And my mom told me one day that he was real mad that I would try to copy him because he didn't want me to be like him. He wanted me to be my own person. And I realized, you know, years later after uh after he passed away um it wasn't that he didn't want me to be like him um it wasn't that he wanted me to be it it wasn't that he didn't want me to be like him it was that he didn't he was afraid that if i ended up being like him i would deal with the same problems that he was dealing with he was afraid that i would deal with the same demons that he dealt with because the truth is, you know, the fact is, is that they had tried, you know, he tried to hide a lot of that stuff from me. And I, I, I found out one way or another, you know, about him, you know, drinking himself, you know, to, to, you know, nothing and being hooked on pain medication and, uh, you know, the, the, the self-harm and disappearing in the middle of the night, just kind of hoping that, you know, nobody will find him. You know, I, I learned about all that stuff and it, it, it really bothered me and pissed me off later on because it's like, it's like, I still found out no matter what, how hard you try to keep that shit from me, I still found out. And I feel like if, I feel like if he knew that, I feel like if he knew that me knowing all that stuff if it would matter because even, even knowing all those things, you know, the troubles that he had for years and the, the countless self harm and the self attempts and winding up in a hospital. And, you know, even up until the last moment, um, I wonder if, you know, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I knew, I know, I see it all. I know all about it, but yet I still wanted to be you. You know, I still wanted to be just like you. I didn't give a shit about, you know, you. I didn't give a shit about the demons that you had to face. You know, that that's not what made you. It's the per the, the character of who he was as a person is what made me want to be like him. 
and to you know sit in that car with him taking him back to his house and hearing him say that and then we discussed some things about you know growing up with how my father was and you know things that you know he said to him and things that he said to me and would try to like force uh try to force us to do stuff like um like my brother really wanted to play lacrosse and my dad kind of made a joke about it and he's like all right well when you quit in two weeks you know you know we'll, we'll know that you're not cut out to do it you know like saying like shit like that you know and i was sitting in the car after i dropped him off and you know we ended the conversation on a high note and we were joking about stuff but i could i could see it I can see it when you look when you look at somebody in your in their when you look somebody in their eyes and they know that you know that they're not okay and then they turn around and then they still go and kill themselves without ever saying anything to you about any of their struggles. That's probably one of the worst feelings I I may ever have in my life. Um because it's just like it's like if you if you just say something in that moment at that time we have no idea how the universe would have changed. Maybe, maybe he still would have done it. Maybe not. Um, <clears throat> you still think about that, don't you? Oh, every fucking day. Um, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't there to see him. Um, I, I wasn't there when they found him um, behind uh, in the woods behind our house. I was not there when they found him. Um, my parents and the police in a helicopter were the ones who found him. Um, so the only time I got to see him after that was at the, at his funeral. And even though I wasn't there to see anything, you know, and, and you know, the funeral homes, they do a good job of cleaning somebody up after something like that happens. They make it look like nothing ever happened. And that's fine because that's the, that's the image that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. But there's that one thing that they forget to tell you is that sometimes at, you know, late at night when you close your eyes, you can vision, you can vision somebody shooting themselves in the head. And the fact that, you know, like I knew exactly where he was, you know, I know what tree he was at. I know where he was sitting. Um, you know, I could go to my parents' house and walk right to it and it's marked. And the fact that, you know, I could see all that and, and I know all that and, and closing your eyes, you know, that we talk about what terrifies, you know, what, what, what we're afraid of and fear that, that image fucking terrifies the shit out of me and the, the grief and not dealing with it, that terrifies the shit out of me because if you if if I don't deal with it and if I don't open up about it and I don't talk about it, then I'm going to carry that stuff into other relationships. And that's not what I want to do. I don't want to carry that into my relationship with my daughter. I don't want to carry that into my marriage. I don't want to carry the, that grief and that pain and that trauma because it's, it's not fair to them. And it's, it's not fair if I were to, I'm not saying I ever have, but you know, sometimes you know that shit just piles up and you just kind of like pop off. And I'm lucky that I've never had a blow up anywhere near my wife. It's always been on my own somewhere, you know, by myself sitting in the truck or, you know, just going on a walk or something like that. But it, that that's that's what terrifies the hell out of me is that I don't want to carry 
I don't want to carry that past trauma into future relationships. Um, really quick, I'd I'd like to compound on that actually a little bit and Go ahead. and and say you know, um, and actually ask you another question involving that. Um, sure. Because this is this this is a uh, this, this is another aspect of fear. You know, mm-hmm. fear isn't isn't always isn't always just you know, black and white, it's never black and white. No, it's not, Um, it's not being scared. You know, fear is, fear is grief, fear is anxiety, fear is, you know, depression, because it all just, it balls into one. Now, the question I have is, would you say that's also something that this, this fear that you feel about that, is that also something that drives you? Absolutely. A hundred, a hundred and fucking 20%. There are things that I'll put my body through and somebody will ask me, why do you do that? And it's because I, because Matt would. So if he was willing to do that, then I'm going to be willing to do that because the thing he had great character, he was a hard worker and he pushed through a lot of his own demons to, to, to kind of elevate his life in a way where he was really good at doing a lot of things. You know, he was good working with his hands. He was good with like laying floors. He was good doing tile. He was good being just like a handyman, right? And he was good at baseball. Like he was, he was great at baseball. And he, he found a way to push through all of, all of the demons, all of everything, all the pain that he felt. He found a way to push through all of that to be good at those things. But sometimes just being good at that stuff isn't enough to, it's not enough to combat the the demons and everything that you battle because if you're not doing anything to battle that stuff, then it really doesn't matter what you do with the other portion of your life because you still have to take care of that shit. See, and and, and you know, I I wholeheartedly agree. I do. You know, it's um, you know, from what I said earlier, you know, the fear of uh, of letting the people that I love down, letting my family down. You know, that's that's also a driving force. And that is that that's another one of those aspects of of fear that I think people people get lost in such a negative in all the negative aspects of fear. They really do, because I mean, let's be honest, you know, you remember a lot of the negative crap that happens to you throughout your life. But the good things that happen to you. Yeah, you remember some of them. But I guarantee at least from personal experience, I guarantee that you remember a lot more negative than you do positive. And that's, that, that's an issue. It's an 100%. issue. I mean, that's an issue just for humanity, not just for men. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's it, fear can be such a driving force. And that's something that we forget. It's something that we don't embrace as much as the pain and the weight that that these fears have on us that that when we carry them around we are weighted down and that's what we think about we don't we don't think about the fact until you know we're confronted with the question we're confronted with with this feeling that you know we don't think about the fact that despite all this weight that is that we're carrying we're pushing on we're pushing through because in spite of the weight that we are right. that we're carrying right you know they say, you know, they say fear is a liar, but fear can also be as fear is also a motivator. Um, there's a, a a gentleman used to play with uh, with uh, Washington, uh, played with the Denver Broncos too. He's a Super Bowl uh, champ, offensive lineman. Mark Schlereth once said that uh, 
every single snap of practice in a game, he played scared because he was terrified of failing. He was terrified of missing a block. He was terrified of letting his quarterback get laid out. And he was terrified of the next guy taking his job. And if you, if you think about that in life, you know, like, you know, fear, fear is a liar, but fear is a motivator because, you know, fear will play on your anxiety anxieties, which is just a, like I said, it's just a lie of what was uh, told to you by somebody else. It's not a truth about you. You know, it's just something that you're believing about yourself that somebody else lied to you about. And when you find a way to change your perspective and you can use fear as a motivator, you can look at it and say, you know, uh, you think I'm that and now I'm going to go prove you wrong. You know, oh, you yeah. think you think I can't get clean. I'm going to go get clean. And then, you know, nine months down the road, you're living your best life. You know, you mm-hmm. don't think that I can make this small business work. Well, guess what? I'm now successful three years down the road. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's where fear you know, becomes that positive, that becomes that, that driving force, that, that, you know, that, that force that lets you dig a little deeper, mm-hmm. that lets you push on a little farther because, mm-hmm. you know, those inches you, you may get when, when you, when you face down your fears, when you face that demon, you know, that is uh, being somebody that has survived uh, a few battles with with a few different demons. I can tell you that's it's a wonderful feeling. It really is when you're actually able to objectively look at, you know, th- this is the demon that that has reared its head against me for years, and now, I mean, I left that demon in the dust. Right. And when you can actually see that that side of your fear, that side of your demons, it's 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 a great feeling, and you know. You can always get to that point. It's going to take time and effort oh, yeah. and hurt and pain <laughs> oh, and yeah. and sweat, but you're going to be able to do it. You know, and, the other, sorry, go ahead. And, and that's, uh, and, you know, just, just to kind of close that thought is for me, you know, that when you push through it, that's when those fears, you, you look at those fears and, you know, that knock you down and, I mean, you get back up, look at the face and say, you hit like a bitch. Yep. Yep. And, you know, we, we said that, uh, I think I used the analogy of the chains, you know, you, the chains are what's holding you down. Right. And you just keep pulling and you keep pulling. But when you break away from one of those chains, now you have a free arm to break another one. Now you got two arms to break the ones off your legs. Right. And then when the minute you break those chains, you feel amazing. And what I wanted to, the one thing I wanted to touch on too was, you know, Using fear as a motivator is, is a great tool, but sometimes using fear as a motivator can take you into a dark place, which is fine sometimes, but you can't stay in that spot because mm-hmm. what happens is what happens is that that fear when you hold when you when you use it for so long and you use that and you fall into that dark spot, it becomes so comfortable to be there because everything is numb that you forget what it feels like to feel anything. And that numbness, which is basically the only thing that you can feel at that time, is the only thing that you think is keeping you alive. But in reality, all it's really doing is just it's just digging your grave because all you're doing is just burying yourself more and more and more. And that's that's where I was after my brother died. And I I used it to my advantage for a long time. But then I, I got into the situation where I didn't know how to get out of it. And I thought that was just the rest of my that's just who I thought I was at that point was. Oh, sure. 
felt numb to pain. You know, I could look at somebody and it's the same way now, you know, like I said, you know, I mentioned something on Facebook one time when, when we had our two early term miscarriages, that shit hurt a lot. And then I found a way to just kind of wipe my hands with it and not deal with it. And that's not the right way to do it. I did the same with my brother. That shit hurt. And I realized that there are other people around me that need help taking care of stuff. And I wiped my hands with it and buried it and took care of everybody else before I took care of myself. So then when I'd go to bed at night, I would shut the phone off. I would turn a TV off. I would just be in complete darkness. And then that was when I would deal with my issues. And that's not, it's it's not, it's not, it's not healthy. It's hard to fight a demon in the dark, man. Oh yeah. It is. You know, I mean, it's the, the whole thing, you know, and, and that's what it is, it, you know, using fear as a motivator and 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 following fear down that path. That's a fine line. Yep. it really is. And, you know, it's a delicate line, which is why people like you uh, are so important to me. People like uh, my, my buddy, James, who, who was my best man at my wedding. He that's why he's is so important to me, because, you know, um, and James, you know, uh, James and I, we've we've been through a lot together. He and I have been friends for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, and that includes the days that I was homeless. That includes the time period that I, you know, I tried to kill myself. That includes the, you know, the the drug addiction days. You know, that's that's that he's seen me at my lowest and he's seen me at my highest, which, you know, is is now. But um to you i mean you're exactly right you know it's a fine line between following fear down that path and and you know and creating your own path using fear i mean that's that that is that that's a great it's a great analogy that you know when that darkness starts to feel comfortable you uh, there there's something that needs to be said though is you don't generally know it when it does right and and you know sometimes let's play devil's advocate a little bit sometimes that darkness that it kind of like that cloud comes over you there's going to be times in our lives in the situation where that cloud when it comes over us is the only way that we'll be able to push through something sure you know there let me you know i'll you know i'll use it as this is an example um you know when i when i was playing ball that that cloud that came over, I would use it to my advantage to play ball. But you got to be able to get out of that when you're done. Like you got to be able to find a way to leave it on the field and le- you know and be able to go home. And it's like same thing with work. You know, we put ourselves in a it's a mindset. We put ourselves in a mindset when we're at our jobs to be able to get through the day, to be able to get shit done, and to be able to get our jobs done right. But you know that old that phrase that saying is. You got to be able to separate work from life and you got to leave it at home. You can't take it with you. And when we use, like we're talking about fear as a motivator, it's great, but we, sometimes you can't take it with you. You got to leave it behind and you have to be okay with that because it does become a familiar feeling. And sometimes it feels great to just honestly not care uh, an F about anything, but you can't take that with you into relationships because then it's going to, it's going to become toxic in some of your stuff. And, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, it reminded me of that phrase. Um, it, it, 
you you're on two paths where it's you're the man that you are and become you know the, the man that you are now and the man that you desire to be you can't have that cloud you can't keep that cloud over you and then walk on the path of the man that you desire to be because it's, it's just going to keep pulling you back you're going to get flooded before you ever get there absolutely and you know let me let me say you know uh, i do i i do agree with with pretty much everything that you said, there is one thing that, you know, I, I have a different outlook. I wouldn't say I disagree with it, but you know, the, the whole aspect of, you know, don't bring your personal life to work. You know, that's, that's hard because the vast majority of us spend more time at work than we do at home. Right. Right. But that's why I think it's it's important to be able to, to do that divide though, where we kind of find a way to leave work at work and not bring it home, but it's not easy. It's not easy. And, you know, I, I disagree with that. I think work can come home like me and me and my wife. We, we talk about, you know, how my day went on every day, literally every day. One of the first questions out of her mouth is, uh, how was your day? How was right. work? How was traffic? That kind of thing. And we talk it out and, you know, she lets me get out any frustrations or anything I might have had throughout the day and, and stuff like that. But the opposite direction home into work. That's that I, I kind of agree with to the to the point where, you know, it's it's less of a benefit to bring anything going on at home into work than it is to bring anything going on at work to home. True. I mean, it it to me, I mean to me and some people may disagree, and please if you do disagree, disagree. I mean, there's yeah. no there's no right or wrong here. That's not what we. That's not what we do in this podcast. We're not right, and, and you're not wrong, and we're not wrong, and you're not right. There's no. This is this is a couple of guys that have gone through some some shit, and we want to share what we believe. And right. you know that that being said, you know I actually work with a great group of people. I really mm-hmm. do. Like they they really care. We all really care about each other, and um, so. That that is one of those instances where you know home into work it, they kind of bleed together because yeah. you know my boss truly does truly does care how my family is doing. I think part of it is and that's good too. I mean, that not everybody has that. Not everybody gets a boss that cares about your personal life, right? Um, I think, and I agree with you. I think like you know I'll come home and and talk about stuff from work with the wife and and stuff like that, but. I think where I kind of was coming from was if you have an incident at work and say you're fired up about it, don't come home and fire off at your wife just because you're angry at somebody that I think that's kind of what I, that's kind of where I was coming from was don't, don't take it out on somebody else. But I do agree with that. If you can't come home and talk about your day being shitty with your wife, like, that might be an issue. You know, you should be able to to vent and have the, those those outlets. Yes, absolutely. And and yeah, yeah. I mean, I might have misread where you, where you were going. Hey, we're human. I don't um, care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but but at the but at the same time, you know, that's and, and that's a that's great for this topic because you know, fear is a motivator. You oh, know, yeah. Fear as fear as a as a a path forward. Um, it's it, it's it's a fine line. It is, it's a delicate process. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, like I said, Dan, you, you helped me out, out a lot this week, uh, mentally, uh, with my, with my mental well-being. Um, and it's, you know, that fear, I mean, yeah, you, you, 
you didn't, you don't give a shit if you piss me off. You're going to tell me what you think and you're going to, and, and I yep. respect you for that. And I love you for that. And, you know, it's one of those things that that fear isn't gone. It's just more manageable because honestly, right. I, I shared, uh, I shared it with somebody and that's, you know, we've been preaching this for, and, and like I said, I don't like the word, but we have been preaching this for a few weeks now, you know, the, the, I mean, back to back, baby. Side by side, let's fight the demons together. And that's what yeah. we did this week. I mean, yeah. just so you guys out there know, we don't, we practice what we preach. Mm. We don't, we try may to. not be, we, we try to, we may not be the to. best at it. We not, we, we may, we may still hide a few things here and there, which, you know, oh, yeah. we're human, we're going to do that. But, you know, that's the, and that was actually the second video I posted on, on, um, <clears throat> the Tiki Talk. The Tiki Talk. Um, the Tiki talk um, was, you know, as the demons hold no sway when we all stand together. And, and that is, you know, and that's something that, you know, is very important to fear as well. Fear and, you know, the negative aspects of fear, and even the positive aspects of fear, the positive, you know, they mag both sides magnify when you stand with, the people that you love with the people that man, that mean the most to you with the people that are willing to stand next to you and face those demons down, whether it be, you know, the motivation that you may need to move forward or it, you, or it may be, you know, let's, let's, you know, draw swords and, and, and fight this shit together. Right. You know, that's, that's one of those things that, you know, if, if you can find that, you know, and it doesn't have to be a lot of people. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have, you know, 30 friends in your friends group that get together every weekend and stuff. You know, those three very important people in your life that, you know, will will lay down and, and, and you know, fight with you. And, you know, that is it's about that the, is it's about the quality, not the quantity. Yes, it's about the quality, not the quantity. And let me tell you something, the quality that I have around me and you and the boys on Friday and, you know, the couple of, of real close friends that I have out here, I, you know, my fears hold less weight because I know that all I have to do is reach out. Right. And I mean, honestly, yeah, really, that's all you have to do is reach out because anytime at least I would like to say that any time that you've reached out and had a problem, I would like to say m me or one of the, you know, one of the five of us that are over here have been able to <clears throat> respond and be there for you. Um, you know, I, to, you know, we, like you said, we, we might hide some stuff. We do the best that we can because we're human. We're going to have human reactions to shit. You know, we're not, <clears throat> I wouldn't say we're hypocrites, but we deal with mental health ourselves. So, I mean, <clears throat> we'll say something and then we might react the same way that all y'all will react, even though we're telling you, you know, how to handle something or suggesting how to handle something. We may react the same way that you know, we're going to react the same way y'all react because it's just human. It's human nature to react to certain things. Right. Um, you know, the one thing I would, I'd wanted to, to touch on was, you know, they say. They say that fear is not afraid of anything except fear is afraid of the person who is not afraid of fear. Do you want me to say it again? Yes, please. Okay. <clears throat> fear is not afraid of anything, right? Fear is only afraid of the person who is not afraid of fear. 
Because if you can't, if fear cannot control you, then how is it going to be able to live in the entity of who you are? If you don't give fear the ability to control your life, fear will not be around. Now, it's it's easier said than done because, like you said, it doesn't go away. None of this stuff goes away. We're not saying that, like, oh, if you go and, and wax on, wax off, meditate every single day, that all of a sudden your depression and anxiety is going to go away. No, it's not going to happen. But it does shrink, and it becomes manageable. And it becomes something that we as people can control ourselves sometimes, not always, but it's a controllable situation for us. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I, I realized I looked a little confused there um, when you first said it. It's just, that's okay. you know, it, it is, and it's very valid. It is extremely valid. You know, fear, fear, you know, who, who was it? We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Um, yeah. Was it Kennedy? No, that wasn't was, Kennedy. I don't think it was Kennedy. Maybe it was Kennedy. I don't know. Um, I was never very good at history. Um, Look it up while you talk. <laughs> so, but no, and you know, the, I, I expected this whole conversation today to be somewhat heavy, but you know, we, like, like we said, we we went from the fears that 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 try to raise down to the, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. There we Roosevelt. go. Um, the fears that, that that weigh us down and try to try to hold us from moving forward, becoming the fears that really drive us to become better. And, you know, I can say that uh, the, the fear of, of letting the people I love down and, and seeing that the fear of seeing that disappointment in, in people's faces. Yeah. Well, you know, while that is letting people, you know, determine who you are, to a certain extent, that is, that's something that I can honestly say has made me into the man that I am. Yeah. Um, it is, it has helped shape me and has helped mold me. And so really those fears, those fears are, you know, they're, they're eternally there, but they don't just like you kind of like you, what you just said, fear, fear can't control you. Um, if you basically, if you don't let it, exactly, and that's and and that's the whole thing. You know, I have these fears. I have these mm-hmm. fears just like anybody else. But I have made the conscious decision and the con and made the conscious effort to not allow them to control me. Right, and I think the one people people just need to remember though that these are human reactions. These are natural human reactions, though. So, you know, you can, you know, you could, uh, you could be have you could live a great life. And still battle depression. You could be really happy in those aspects of your life and deal with anxiety. You could be, you know, you can still, you can have a positive life, but still be dealing with these things. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't just, um, it doesn't just like consume us, you know, and that's, I think that's what we, what we try to stress as much is that, you know, you can still have a good life and still be able to deal with these things or you still battle these things, you know, and it's hard, you know, it's not, it's not easy. We always talk about, it's not easy and it's fuck it ain't. I mean, we're, we're talking about stuff that, um, I mean, for me, there's, I'd talk about stuff on here that I don't talk about at all. You know, and there's stuff that I've talked about on here that I may not have even spoken to my wife about before. And it's, you know, you kind of feel like shit when you talk about it because it's emotional and it's rough. But after you get through it, you feel a little bit better. But 
it's still there. It's always going to be there, you know, but it just, I think it becomes easier to talk about. The pain doesn't go away. It just becomes easier to, to talk about. Yeah. And, and I think that I, that's what I was about to add to this is, you know, it's, I've, I have found myself being more willing and, and more okay with discussing these types of things. Um, since we started doing this podcast, I mean, for the most part, people knew, you know, certain people knew certain parts and stuff like that, but it was, it was more of a, you know, I'll tell you this, but I'll keep this to myself and, you know, I'll do this or, or, ah, guilty. (laughs) um, So it's, but it's become easier for me. Now that's, that's just me. That's not, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with, you know, anything other than me. I am a completely separate person, as we've stated before, than Dan, than anybody else. So that's how I deal with it. But I can't tell you that, you know, just talking about it to that, to that friend you can trust, to that person you can trust, that family member you can trust, it really opens the door to, to, I mean, because really, if you're going to fight your demons, you have to put them in front of you first. I mean, you can't just shut them up in a, a, a shut them up in a in a closet and say, "Oh, I'll deal with that later." Because that's not you're not you're not fighting for what you need. You're not fighting for yourself. You're just you're shrugging your shoulders and right. saying, "You know, such is life," and walking right. away is what it is. Yeah. But see, but you made a good point though, because we talked about this before, where. You know, we get in this habit of just running away from things, but, you know, when we run away from things, things chase you, right? And what's the mm-hmm. best way to confront things is running right at it. And now it's not easy. It's not as simple as just running right towards your demons. But if we, you know, you run towards your demons and you bring it something that it's never seen before, you know, you bring the fear, you bring to fear uh, somebody who doesn't scare easily somebody who's not afraid to deal with that fear you know and it, we're not doing this for you we're just doing it with you so when you go and you face those battles you're not doing it alone you know when one of us when one of us you know that goes to battle we all go to battle right so when one of you goes to war the rest of us are going to mount up and be riding right behind you we're going to be going side by side yeah and that's you know and that's what we that's what we're we're developing here you know i i haven't said it this whole episode you should be proud of me but that brotherhood that we are that that we are trying to develop and trying to nurture in this uh, in this world is that brotherhood of of men and yes that we are talking about the brotherhood of men i mean it's but it's this is it's that, not against anything else. Like this can be no. used for everybody, but we're just talking about men here. Exactly. And you know, this this brotherhood of men, you know, I've seen um I've seen some things on TikTok and I've seen some things on you know, I do read the news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that that um oh I shout out to that I mean perfect example. Perfect example. Down in Louisiana, I don't know if you heard about this. You're you're here about the the dads the kid the oh no so there was this high school they had like 23 incidents in a week of fighting and just uh, of these kids just effing off just they were they, they I mean they they were having a hard time the teachers the principal everybody was having a hard time you know really getting a grasp on these kids well the dads from the community formed like this. This dad's not, not dad's on patrol, but yeah, dad, I, I can't remember what it was called now, but
but it was something like dads on patrol where it was on a volunteer basis where these dads would go into go to the school and hang out there all day to make sure that these kids had i mean they said it had a had a father figure around somebody that could you know tell them the dad jokes and get those right. stupid laughs from them <laughs> or you know give give them a little gentle ribbing and and we you know kind of brighten they have not had an incident since they started this program wow. that and that is what i'm talking about people wow. are going to school people are not skipping class people are not getting into fights in the hallways because dads you know they interviewed this young lady um about this group and and they they were like you know how do the dads do this and the, he was like she was like well have you ever heard of the look and and yeah the and the, the Dwayne the, Johnson the eyebrow raise yeah well and the reporter was like wait dads have the look they're like oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's usually followed by something right behind that. There's a look, and then there's something else trailing behind it that you don't want to get involved in. Yeah, yeah, usually. But that's the whole thing. Like, that is what we are talking about. Right. That, right there, those gentlemen coming together, be, and they freely admit, they, you know, there are a lot of these kids that don't have a father figure or even a male in their life at all, and, and kids need that. I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Not It's more of, more of a conversation that, honestly, I would love to have. But um, honestly, I'd love to have Chris on to that. Um, yep. if, if I'm, be I'm good. That. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, they're like, you know, these kids, they don't – a lot of them don't have father figures at home. They don't have men in their lives. And um, – and that's what we try to do. And these guys have given up their free time. They've mm-hmm. given up their emotion. I mean, honestly, they're giving their emotions, their heart. Oh, yeah. They're, they're giving everything into this. And that oh, yeah. is the positive change that I love to see. That that is what we are talking about. This brotherhood, these these men coming together and not just fighting their demons, but they're fighting these kids' demons for them as well. Yep. And that's dude. That's I have no. I did not hear about that, and that is freaking phenomenal. And we need more people like that in today's society. Um, you know, and not just dads, like you know, moms too. We, you know, people who just step up to be a part of somebody's life that they don't know about. And you know, I just let me just say this real quick. Uh, any of you who are listening, who you know, we generally target, uh, what I've seen is, you know, more people our age, like late twenties, early thirties to forties, but there are now slowly becoming people younger than 20 who are listening to this podcast. So let me just say this. I don't care if you're, you know, male, female, whatever, I don't care. Okay. If you are going through something where your parents have decided that they no longer want to be a part of your life because of some other reason, just message us. Just reach out to us. Absolutely. Just reach out to us because guess what? I, you know, and and I've seen this before where it'll be like, um, it'll be something like uh, a kid comes out and expresses to his parents that you know maybe he maybe he's gay, right? And the parents will be like, well, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. That's a tragedy. That's fucked up. All right. So let me tell you, if you need somebody there for you, listen, you got people. 
You know, my wife has stated that numerous times revolving that same situation that our door is open for people. If you uh, have been rejected by your family for some reason, um, you're not going to get rejected here and you're not going to get rejected by by the show. You're not going to get rejected by our community either. And if that's something that, you know, you go through when you're struggling with a drinking problem, maybe you're struggling with um, not having a family figure in your life because maybe they're just not there or if you're struggling with a drug problem or or anything like that and you've been casted out you're not going to get casted out here no no absolutely not you know we've said this before this is a safe space and dan i know people have reached out to you and i know people have reached out to me and obviously yep. we're, we would never bring up their stories and we would never right. bring up their what what we've we what we've discussed with them and you know but this is truly a safe space i don't care mm -hmm. if you're 15 or 50 you know, mm -hmm. you want to reach it. You want to reach out because, you know, and it could be something as simple as, you know, my, you know, I told my dad that I didn't want to play sports like he did. And, you know, he's now he treats me differently. And you that know, is a huge, that is a whole other fucking thing yeah. that we could talk about for hours on. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's but it, it is it doesn't have to be one of those. Or, you know, my dad doesn't like my girlfriend or my dad's OK with me being gay. He just doesn't like my boyfriend or, you know, right. whatever, whatever yeah. the situation is. We're here. Yep. We will never share who you are. We will never share your story. Um, you may influence a topic that we discuss on our on oh, our yeah. podcast, but we will never we will never reveal anything Listen. about you. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I mean, we'll never reveal anything about you. We'll never reveal your story right. unless it's explicitly. Uh, we've, we get we've, the okay. Yeah, we've gotten the explicit okay to do it. Please reach out. We're we're here. We have our own issues, absolutely. But you know, there's no reason why we can't all come together. Right. Zip ties, duct tape, and whiskey. That's all. That's all. Zip that's ties, all this is. Duct tape and whiskey. I'm gonna that's write. Like a, a that's a country song right there. That is a Zip country ties. song. Duct tape and whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I mean, that's, yeah, like you said, like you said it, there ain't nothing else that needs to be said about it. You said it. That was, you know, that absolutely a hundred percent, you know, it's just, you know, and I don't know, man, I just hope, I just hope that it, it helps people, you know, and I hope that it helps it helps that, uh, or I hope that it helps people reach out to us. And, you know, like we said, we don't talk about anything unless somebody gives us the okay to, and, you know, we're not sharing things. And so, but, you know, the one thing when we, you know, we're going to, as Brady would say, oh, this looks like a good time to wrap up here and come to an end. Um, the one thing that we do kind of want to share is that uh, those of you who might be new to the show or been around for a while, um, some of you may have followed after Cody came on our, our episode, which once again, we're always internally are eternally grateful for Cody for coming on here. Um he has offered uh, his services for us, which is um, he has given us a platform to where we could go uh, live as guests on his Instagram. And we are actually uh, entertaining that idea. Um, so that might be something that happens here in the next couple weeks. And we'll keep everybody updated. And I mentioned that we have shirts, but let me just look. Shirts are expensive and we don't get paid to do this. We also don't have sponsorships that donate to us. We're kind of just taking our own time. So we'll get shirts at some point. Um, just a little tight right now with the holidays. So uh, at some point we'll get the shirts out there. But um, yeah, so just keep a lookout for, for everything. And again, you know, it's Cody, uh, Dad, 
bod, no, what was it? Dad bod, God 35. I probably jacked that up. So I'm going to tag it and everything. But, um, yeah, so, you know, let's just look out for that. And, you know, like we said all the time, you know, thank you for, uh, you know, dealing with us and thank you for, um, Thank you for just battling through with us and, and all of our things. And, you know, like we always say, we're not blowing smoke up anybody's butt here. We're, uh, you know, we're just, we're just two guys. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, that's just the premise of this podcast, man. It's just, that's all we are. We're just two friends that, that want to, you know, try to help and do the best that we can. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's basically it for me. And, um, you know, I'm trying to stall here for a minute because uh, Brady put up the international sign of uh, 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 diaper change, which was just out of nowhere. There was a diaper getting thrown across the screen. So I'm giving Brady a couple minutes here to uh, do what he's got to do so we can sign off. But, um, you know, it, it's probably a good time for me to remind everybody, uh, you know, you can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, find us on TikTok. Um, it's, uh, TikTok is men in your life and men in your life too. Uh, Brady and I will post our own videos and tag each other and stuff. Um, but yeah, and you can find us on anchor, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast and everything else. And, uh, so, Oh, Brady, you're back. You done on the poop on the diaper. Brady, uh, Brady, Brady's back. Yeah. Yeah. Di- diaper, uh, has, has been changed. Um, package has been secured. Can, can, can you say it's okay to not be okay? It's okay. No, you just hold it. She's not going to do it. She's, she's not going to do, do it. She usually repeats what I tell her to, too, <laughs> right, up, right up until this happens. Oh, my uh, God. But no, you know, just everybody out there, remember, it is okay to not be okay. Let's let's just not stay there. Let's bring each other out of this. And um, and Dan, you say it best. You 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 say the our other our, our other catchphrase right now. Our other our other go to phrase here. Listen. Yep. You know, we say it a lot, right? This is a brotherhood. Iron sharpens iron. Man sharpens man. It is okay to not be okay. We just can't stay there. And this is another episode of Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. I'm Brady. And, uh... I'm Penny. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Let's go! And that that is Penny. Uh, Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, Stay safe. Don't do anything dumb. And have a good week.